Does the Book of Boba Fett suck? I have some opinions on that that I'm going to get to in just a minute. This is How Stories Work with Jay Shear. I think I have some indications about why you may not like the Book of Boba Fett. At least why you might not like it as much as The Mandalorian. A lot of people I don't think realize that George Lucas created two Boba Fetts. It's not just one Boba Fett anymore. There's two Boba Fetts. Now, chances are, of these two Boba Fetts, you might like one better than the other. <laughs> I'll get into that. I'll explain why that might be. And just to be clear, I don't think that the Book of Boba Fett sucks, but I do prefer I do prefer The Mandalorian by a good margin. George Lucas created two Boba Fetts. As the Book of Boba Fett nears its season finale, it's coming up in a couple weeks now. Um, in fact, if you might be watching this video after the season finale is over, and maybe it totally redeemed itself. We'll, we'll see. Book of Boba Fett is causing some division in Star Wars again. We see division in Star Wars, and then we see kind of some um, convergence in Star Wars. For example, The Mandalorian, nobody really hated The Mandalorian. I haven't heard anybody really speak terribly about The Mandalorian. Everybody, for the most part, likes The Mandalorian. But like some of the other Disney properties, there's a little bit of some division in the fandom pertaining to the Book of Boba Fett. But why is that happening? I think... I might have some clues as it pertains to the character of Boba Fett. So let's travel back to the 1980s. You know, I was a kid in the 1980s, by the way. Um, this is the original trilogy era. And Boba Fett actually first appeared in the infamous Star Wars holiday special, by the way, in 1978. His first appearance was not um, The Empire Strikes Back. It was the Star Wars holiday special. There was a short cartoon. Um, I'll link to it down in, the, down in the description. You guys can check it out. But... If you take the Boba Fett from that show and then you compare that to the Boba Fett we see in the in the original trilogy, which is The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, what do we learn about Boba Fett as a character? I'm a, I'm a big fan of storytelling. I love to dive deeper into stories. So we're going to take a little bit of a little bit of a history right here into the character of Boba Fett. Well, here are the things that we learn. There's three of them, three really important things we learn about the character of Boba Fett. The first thing we learn about the character of Boba Fett is that he's a loner. You never see him with anybody else. So he doesn't use animals. He doesn't like animals. He doesn't keep animals around. He doesn't have a droid. We, don't, we never see Boba Fett with a droid. And while he does work for people, he works for Vader, he works for Jabba the Hutt, you very rarely ever see him engaging with any other people on screen. There's a couple times where it looks like he might be in a conversation with somebody in Jabba's palace, but... I mean, not really. This guy's pretty much a total loner. In fact, there are multiple sources out there um, that document this pretty well. In fact, I watched a whole history of Boba Fett video. Didn't have that many views, but it should have because it was a really, really good video yesterday. And a lot of the sources will, will talk about how Sergio Leone's Westerns, which usually start a character called The Man With No Name, who was played by Clint Eastwood, was sort of an inspiration for Boba Fett, right? So he's a loner. We get that. He's not engaging with a bunch of other people. He's on his own. That's the number one thing. Number two thing, Boba Fett is a badass. Vader calls Boba Fett in the Star Wars cartoon the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, right? Um, cool profession as it is, but he's the best one out there. And Vader is not easily impressed. Think of how many times Vader is choking his officers because he really is not impressed by their behavior. So, Vader thinks that Boba Fett is a badass. Not only that, Vader admires Boba Fett despite the fact that Boba Fett talks back to him. Let's remember back to Empire Strikes Back. Um, he will several times says to Vader, like, he's, he's worth nothing to me dead. Like, you can't kill him about talking about Han Solo when they freeze him in carbonite. And so Boba Fett pushes back against Vader. How many people do you see push back against Vader? But like I said, Vader respects Boba Fett and Boba Fett is a tough dude. And you can even compare Boba Fett's interactions with 
Vader to Lando Calrissian's on Cloud City. Lando Calrissian uh, looks like he's terrified of Vader, but Boba Fett's not. Boba Fett's not terrified of Vader. Boba Fett's just going along with whatever Vader says and then pushing back at times, too, and talking back to him. And then you see in Return of the Jedi, there's actually the moment where Luke Skywalker comes in. He's now a Jedi Knight, and Boba Fett doesn't look like he's scared of Luke Skywalker at any point. He has amazing armor. He carries a bunch of awesome weapons. He has a great ship. I think we can easily say that Boba Fett is a badass. So one, he's a loner. Two, he's a badass. The third thing is also one of the most important things. Boba Fett is mysterious. Point number three, Boba Fett is mysterious. When we see Boba Fett in the original trilogy, he does not have a backstory. There's no backstory for Boba Fett. All we know is that he shows up, he captures one of our favorite characters, Han Solo, and then takes Han to Jabba the Hutt. Let's cover this again. He's a loner. He works for some of the scariest people in the galaxy, and he's not scared of them, and he's not beholden to anybody. And that's all we know of him. He rarely speaks. He's mysterious in a way that's compelling. He has awesome armor. It's like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know, but he's cool, right? A lot of us thought that, at least, when we saw the original trilogy. There are some people who will complain about how Boba Fett died, which we know he's not dead. Spoiler alert, he's not dead. You know, he dies because he's about to fight Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, who's blind from the carbonation sickness, turns, hits Boba Fett uh, on his rocket pack and it launches Boba Fett into the side of Jabba's sail barge. He falls into the sand, rolls into the Sarlacc pit. A lot of people who don't like Boba Fett don't like the way, like he's, they're like, look, he's a secondary or even tertiary character he dies in a very uh, unheroic way. Um, it's kind of a joke the way he dies. So why do we even like this guy? So there are some people who saw the original trilogy and did not think that Boba Fett was all that cool. And I understand that. But for a lot of us, like me, Boba Fett was awesome. But then what happened? There are two Boba Fetts. Why are there two Boba Fetts? Let's, let's talk about that. George Lucas brought Boba Fett back. George Lucas was the first one to bring Boba Fett back. Sort of. <laughs> we can fast forward or actually rewind to the prequel trilogy. It's almost 20 years from when we see Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi to when we see Boba Fett as a kid in the Attack of the Clones. And the prequel trilogy, I care about this a lot as a, as a storyteller, as a writer. I care about why we like what we like and why we don't like what we like and how the storytellers impact that for us. The prequels are backstory. They're backstory for the original trilogy. George Lucas is filling in information, right? Now, without backstory, so imagine me as a kid in the 80s. I see Boba Fett. I'm living all the way through the 90s. There's nothing else. I mean, there's there's like, you know, there, obviously we have the uh, extended universe books and comic books and stuff like that. But just for the sake of, of talking about Boba Fett's backstory, if you're thinking about the films, I don't know anything about Boba Fett's backstory. So I can start to fill in pieces of information, right? Or I can choose not to fill in that information and just let it be mysterious. So when you don't have backstory... You can either fill in whatever you want to as the backstory, as the as the reason why this character exists and why they do what they do. You as the audience can fill in that backstory yourself, or you can choose to leave that backstory mysterious, not think about it, not worry about it. Either way, when a storyteller comes in and says, well, I'm going to give you the backstory now, 
And by the way, the storyteller is basically the ultimate dictator of what actually happened, right? Despite if we if we filled it in ourselves, but a storyteller comes in and says like, actually, no, that's not the way it was. It was this way. Then that's what creates some tension in us, right? Because we didn't want it to go that way, but it did go that way. Well, George Lucas did that to a certain extent. So let's talk about let's talk about how George Lucas did that. And if you want to learn more about this, by the way, you can look at um, Lisa Cron's book Wired for Story. the uh, The process of storytelling essentially dictates that the brain continues to ask itself why questions. Why is this happening? Why did this character do this? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you don't give us that backstory, sometimes we fill in those why questions ourselves. Um, other times we just let those why questions exist on their own without filling them in directly. But George Lucas's brain, when he created the prequels, filled in all the whys for us and made our brain adapt to whatever we had come up with for the backstory of Boba Fett now had to adapt, right? Now, how did it have to adapt? Let's look into Boba Fett from Attack of the Clones and how the prequels changed this character of Boba Fett. And before I do that, it's also worth noting that the prequels are backstory to someone who saw the original trilogy first. So we had this whole generation of people like me who saw the original trilogy first. We waited about whatever it was, 15, 16 years, before the prequel trilogy came out. And in those 15 years, we had some extended universe stuff that we were reading, but we didn't have any other movies, no other TV shows, right? The original trilogy and the extended universe stuff was canon for us. Then George Lucas comes in and does the prequel trilogy. And we were all excited because we can't wait for more Star Wars. But it fills in the backstory. For us, that was 15, 16 years of sitting there creating our own backstories. You know, I mean, I was, when I was a kid, I used to play like I was Han Solo and my brother was Luke Skywalker and my cousin was Princess Leia. And it was, you know, we just run around the yard pretending to shoot blasters at each other. But now with the prequel trilogy, George Lucas introduces Star Wars to a whole new generation of people. And now we have two scenarios that happen. Some people are watching the prequels first instead of watching the original trilogy. So now what would have been Boba Fett's backstory is not backstory because they're watching the prequels first. It's not backstory. It's just the way that Boba Fett was created and it's going to, who he's, who he's going to grow up to be. It's not backstory anymore. Or even if you, even if you were younger and you saw the original trilogy first, but saw the prequel trilogy soon after you didn't have 15, 16 years to be working on the backstory yourself. George Lucas just filled it in for you, right? So it's a very different experience to have seen the original trilogy first and then waited for a long time to see the prequel trilogy than seeing the prequel trilogy first or watching the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy in quick succession. So anyways, let's talk about the implications here of the prequels on the character of Boba Fett because it changes the nature of Boba Fett to give him the backstory that George Lucas gave him. And I've got a couple ways in which it does that. Two main ways, and then I'm going to break those down. The two main ways are uh, classified as saying that Boba Fett is no longer unique. In the original trilogy, there were other bounty hunters, but none of them looked like Boba Fett and none of them acted like Boba Fett. So Boba Fett was fairly unique as a character in the Star Wars universe. And so a lot of us who liked Boba Fett, Boba Fett used to be my favorite character when I was back in the uh, the original trilogy days before the prequels came out, Boba Fett was for sure my my favorite character. But George Lucas with the prequels takes away a lot of that uniqueness. 
So let's talk about how he does that. So the first thing is Boba Fett, we identified him as a loner. Now, he is a clone of Jango Fett. He's an unaltered clone of Jango Fett. But he doesn't any longer seem like he has the same potential of being a loner as he did in the original trilogy. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, the clones are a very tight-knit group, and they're very accepting of one another. So if, if Boba Fett at any po point in time were to say, I'm tired of being living alone, he probably could have found instant acceptance with the clone army, right? So the character of Boba Fett, who many of us saw as a loner, doesn't feel like a loner anymore. He has... He has millions of brothers who are clones, right? Um, I know they're not exactly his brothers, but does not feel like he should be a loner. In fact, we even see his face, which then takes away from the mystery, right? Because we see his face as a kid. And we see what his dad looks like. So we know what he's going to look like as an adult, presumably, because he's a clone. So we're instantly taking away the aspect of him uh, that is him as a loner. And we're taking away him as being a little bit more mysterious. But that's not all we take away. The other thing is George Lucas didn't just give us Boba Fett the kid. He gave us Boba Fett the son, the unaltered clone of Jango Fett. So now we thought that Boba Fett was this original character, this, the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Now we know that Jango Fett was a badass bounty hunter who had a really cool rocket pack and who had really cool armor. Boba Fett's no longer original right? Boba Fett's no longer original. He's now a derivative of a different character. In this case, he's a derivative of Jango Fett. In fact, he even, he even basically takes his armor. Not only that, but we see Jango Fett take on a really well-trained Jedi Knight when he fights Obi-Wan Kenobi. I hope what you're seeing here is you're seeing that there was the perception of Boba Fett in the original trilogy, and then George Lucas came in and gave us a different perception of Boba Fett in the prequel trilogy it felt like there might actually be two different characters here. So now fast forward to the modern day, fast forward to the Mandalorian, fast forward to the book of Boba Fett. George Lucas created two Boba Fetts, the two Boba Fetts I just talked about. He created two different characters almost, at least from the perceptions of those of us who enjoyed the original trilogy Boba Fett more. Now, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are going to give us two Boba Fett shows. Now, let me explain what I mean here. Din Djarin enters the Star Wars universe. Now, for those out there who are like me, who preferred the original trilogy Boba Fett, let's compare the original trilogy Boba Fett and what our impression of him was to the new character that Jon Favreau is introducing, Din Djarin. Well, is he a loner? <laughs> yeah, he for sure is. In fact... He was not only a loner, he's a foundling. So he's not even a Mandalorian. He's not associated with the clones. He's a foundling, an orphan foundling, total loner. Is he a badass? Yeah, he's for sure a badass. He's going around collecting bounties. He's destroying teams of, <laughs> of stormtroopers that are still around. So he's definitely a badass. And is he mysterious? He's absolutely mysterious. Now, we do know that later on in the series, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, just FYI, we do know that he does show his face. That takes away from the mystery a little bit, but they're not, they don't play that up, and that's part of his character development. But before that, we know he was pretty mysterious in that world. Okay. So he's a loner, he's a badass, he's mysterious. I can almost guarantee you that what John Favreau and Dave Filoni thought was George Lucas really, based on when he put Boba's backstory in place, 
he really changed who we were thinking of when we thought of Boba Fett when we only had the original trilogy to draw upon. And so then Dave Filoni and John Favreau go, we should create that guy. We should do a series on that guy. But that's Din Djarin. That's one Boba Fett. Din Djarin is one version of Boba Fett that we all thought was the version of Boba Fett when we watched the original trilogy and didn't have the prequel trilogy. But Boba Fett is still Boba Fett. There's still a character named Boba Fett who's a different character, very different character. And so we get the Book of Boba Fett. Now, does the Book of Boba Fett's Boba Fett character feel like the original trilogy Boba Fett? No. No, he didn't feel like that at all. In fact, he the first thing he does is he tries to join the ranks of the Sand People. A loner would not look to join the ranks of some some group of think of think about Din Djarin in comparison. Din Djarin has a whole tribe of Mandalorians, but does he really spend a lot of time around them? No. In fact, they have to prove to him that they're part of his tribe by coming to rescue him at multiple points. So he's not looking to be a part of a tribe. He's looking to be more of a loner. Whereas Boba Fett's like looking for people to be a part of. In fact, when he leaves the Sand People, the whole the whole point of this show, the book of Boba Fett is for Boba Fett to create a little empire, right? Well, loners don't really create little empires. They don't really do that. That doesn't sound like a Western character um, like the original Boba Fett was kind of meant to be, like the original trilogy Boba Fett was meant to be. So the whole point of me doing this video is we now have two Boba Fetts in the Star Wars universe. In my opinion, those of us who loved Boba Fett from the original trilogy we got our Boba Fett in Din Djarin. Now there is one, there is one Boba Fett that we do not have anymore in the Star Wars universe. Or if we have it, I want to hear from you, if you who that person is. But I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that at the end of the video. We have Din Djarin, Boba Fett from the original trilogy, the Boba Fett that we all thought should have existed, the one we loved is now Din Djarin. The Boba Fett that morphed into the prequel trilogy Boba Fett is the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett. So everybody gets the Boba Fett that they really want. Essentially, it's awesome. It's fantastic. I do want to say that there is one Boba Fett that we do not have today unless you can come up with somebody who fits the role um, that I'm thinking of in my head. But before I do that, I do want to tell you about Death of a Bounty Hunter. We've been talking about bounty hunters this whole show because, you know, that's what Boba Fett is, right? And Din Djarin, that's what they are. Um, I have a feeling if you like the Mandalorian TV show, you would like Death of a Bounty Hunter. It is a weird Western. So, you know, the Mandalorian is basically a weird Western too because it's a sci-fi Western. This is a steampunk, uh, fantasy, dark fantasy Western mashup. Um, it's written by me and Nathan Sheck, my co-writer. And if you like The Mandalorian, I think that you will like this book. Check out the link in the description down below. And I would appreciate it if you buy it because it supports the channel and allows me to keep doing this kind of stuff, which is really, really fun for me. Now, let's talk about this third Boba Fett who does not really exist anymore. Unless you can think of a character that fits this role. Because with Din Djarin... John Favreau and Dave Filoni did create a likable character who was sort of an outlaw, but much more of an anti-hero. In some ways, he resembles Han Solo, right? He's doing the right things, even though he doesn't really want to do the right things. He'd rather be kind of off on his own. So he, he's an anti-hero in that regard, right? Moff Gideon's the villain, but he's the anti-hero. He's, he's really protecting baby Yoda, Grogu. 
Um, the Bo- the one Boba Fett that we do not have in the modern day is the Boba Fett who's still an outlaw and who does not care about other people and is not an anti-hero, but is the person who hunts down the anti-heroes, right? Boba Fett was hunting down who? Han Solo, a little bit of an anti-hero. He, can- he becomes a hero <laughs> throughout the series, but he's a little bit of an anti-hero, Han Solo. Well, Boba Fett's like the antithesis of that anti-hero. He's sort of like a villain, uh, anti-villain, if you want. <laughs> I've never heard that term before, but maybe that's what we use for to describe him. So that's the only Boba Fett that I don't think we have in the universe today. But if you can think of one, that somebody that fits that role, then let me know in the comments down below. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed the Book of Boba Fett. I hope you enjoyed The Mandalorian as much as I do. And does the Book of Boba Fett suck? I don't think it sucks, but it's definitely not the Boba Fett that I know and love. That's really more of Din Djarin. I will see you on the next video.